tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In Guitar Lesson 40, we look at some techniques and practical applications of them. I asked Dan for some help in using tapping and sweeping in my actual improvisations, and we begin to examine how you can practice applying these techniques over a backing track. With hints and some licks throughout, this promises to support adding some advanced techniques into my playing and improvising. Okay, yeah, go for it. Wonderful mastery of <laughs> Daniel Davis there. <laughs> very, very much off the cuff, I have to say. So, uh, excuse the mistakes and uh, uh, spot on, Dan. farts and whistles. So, just before this lesson, I spoke to Dan and said that perhaps it would be an idea for us to try and get some technique into improvisation, perhaps by looking at a backing track, mm-hmm. improvising, and then having a few licks, which we've worked on in the lesson, to try and throw in there and see whether I can do that or not. And Dan's found this great track by Elevated Jam Tracks. It's called Funky Blues Rock Guitar Backing Track Jam in A, if you want to find it on YouTube. And that's what I think we're going to do, isn't it, Dan? I think we're going to give it a go. We did do a podcast uh, some time ago now. It wasn't like eons ago. It was a fair a fair time back. Yeah. It was about sort of adding a little bit of that fire to oh, your yeah. playing. Cause yeah, I think the blues so- thing. Yeah, so many people sort of do the pentatonic thing, and it's cool, but they just want a little bit more. They want a little bit of a little bit of flash, yeah, yeah, without necessarily making it technically difficult. Now we're not going for things that are technically impossible, but we are going for things today which do require a degree of technique. So don't be put off if you don't get these in the first half hour of trying them. Some goals in guitar are a little way off. Yeah. So, for example, if I say you or any other pupil 
well, okay, let's try some of these extra notes you could use around the pentatonic. I might teach you in the morning, you have a go at it in the afternoon, and then you've got a gig the next night, and by then it's sunk into the grey matter a bit. You give it a go, and you're smiling from ear to ear at the gig because you've been able to pull off something new. Great. Small goal, easily achievable. Yeah, you managed to do it within a matter of hours of, of having a guitar lesson. That's great, and it's good to have some nice, easy wins. Other things take days, weeks, months, even years to achieve. Yeah. You know, sometimes even if we're trying to kind of copy the way someone plays, because we really like what they do and we think, I want a slice of that, that can take a long, long time. Now, I'm not saying that this needs to take ages and ages to nail down, but some of these things are techniques. They are motor skills. They are learned skills. They are not going to come just by showing you the notes. We need to look at the techniques that are involved as well. But Hmm. we'll try and make some of the licks quite easily attainable so that whether you're kind of an intermediate level or you're quite advanced, it's not going to stop you getting, hopefully, some of these things into your playing. Brilliant. Sounds excellent. So what techniques in particular are you interested in trying to deploy? Sorry, that sounds like a missile. <laughs> deploy. I strike you with my mighty super strike. <laughs> well, for, for Trident number one. <laughs> Almost good to be alive, are you? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're, no, that's inter- intercontinental ballistic missile number one. Let's go for some tapping. Oh, tappy, tap, tap, like a Which... tap dancer. Which is always something that sort of eludes me a little bit, probably because of the motor skills thing. So let's try and get some of that into it and maybe a little bit of sweeping and then some sliding. Keep it narrow. Sliding's a bit like ice skating. Winter Olympics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Getting out my broom. Yeah, yeah. So maybe something like that. Okay. We write something that fits over the backing track that I can improvise a little bit on other stuff and then try and get it in there at the right time. Okay. One thing I really enjoy doing, because I think it's very easy to to become a little bit, maybe sort of over-intellectualise our playing a little bit, you know, but at the same time, it's good to sometimes break down things analytically. But sometimes I think that, you know, like I was talking to a pupil yesterday who, who wanted to know what level he needed to be at to be in a band. Now, look at Bez from the Happy Mondays. Yeah. Bez was in a band. He was on the payroll. He didn't actually play anything. Grape on tambourine. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Grape on tambourine. Now, you don't want to be Bez. No one wants to be Bez. But my point being that... Okay, I'll be on. <laughs> Grape on tambourine. I'll, I can't pick tambourine now. I'll have to yeah. do castanets Triangle. or something crap like that. Yeah. <laughs> Triangle. After three, go ding. One, two, ding. No, too early. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're off. You're <laughs> three, sacked. Two, one, you're back in the room. <laughs> if, if you're Bez and you get sacked, you should really take up something else. Really <laughs> angling, maybe. Some, yeah. Some, some kind of... Goodness knows what else. Some, what other skills some, he's got, to be honest. I hope sport. he's not listening. <laughs> sorry, Bez. If Bez, if you're up late and you, you know, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, this is a Tuesday, <laughs> and it's nothing happy about it. It's a Wednesday, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, my goodness. Gary's been on holiday. <laughs> Edit. Have you been drinking? <laughs> you look Maybe just up. a little bit. You've been turning out to guitar lessons, positively posh again. <laughs> well, you know, I'm on holiday, so. When in Rome. 
Anywho, it's a Wednesday actually. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, it is a Wednesday, is. Wednesday week, Mister Kipling. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, we were. Oh, you were talking about yeah, like um, debunking, not just over intellectualizing. That's it. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being analytical with something, but I think sometimes people kind of like make out that you know something's really, really complicated when it's really, really not. Yeah. Or they don't care to simplify it. Yeah, and you were talking about your student yesterday. Yeah, the, the student I had yesterday. Wanted to know what standard you need to be at to be in a band, and and you know I said you know to you don't need to be part of the musical elite to kind of bring something to the table. You, obviously, you've got to be able to play an instrument in to some degree, and his his playing standard was more than adequate. Got a real nice feel actually. So you know we want to appeal to sort of people at all all sort of levels within reason. Hmm. But except that this will have some technique involved. Okay. And therefore, if you have not gained the technique yet, this may be something that you need to work on to play some of these licks. As for the debunking, I brought that up because there's an awful lot of waffle. Go on forums, and some people really know what they're talking about, and other people really haven't got a clue. Yeah. So debunking some of the techniques, the myths surrounding it, and all the rest of it, is always a good thing. Which brings me to the point that you made about tappings often eluded you. Yeah. Now, what's eluded you about it? Where Where's the complexity lie for you? I think it's, if you can go into a tapping lick and practice it, that's okay. Yeah. But it's the step of going from something improvised to going into a tapping lick, which has added something to what I'm actually playing. Okay. Uh, maybe the rhythm of it, maybe rhythmically getting into it. I mean, like, there's a few uh, techniques you showed me. Like, there was this example where you take the A minor pentatonic in the fifth position and third position, is it? To the pentatonic shape. Yeah. Yes. That kind of thing. Okay. Let's look at simplifying it even further. Yeah. When we think of tapping... The unfortunate byproduct of tapping is that an awful lot of people kind of do the same sort of tapping licks. Mm. Now, all that tapping means, and I'm going to, you know, this is part of the debunking process. Do you want to sound like everybody else? No, 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 no. Do you want to sound like you? Yes, please. (laughs) When you open your mouth and you talk to somebody, although you might hate the sound of your own voice, it would be very, very strange if you opened your mouth and you suddenly sounded like Ronald Reagan or something, well, well, Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my brain. <laughs> or or, we, yeah, you, know, or if you, you came out with a Scottish accent or something. It, w- it would be very arresting, wouldn't it? Mm. It would be like, oh, what the hell's that? Now, with guitar, we might not always like what we're doing in terms of maybe the sound we're getting or the licks we're playing. We might feel we've got in a rut. But it's always best to sort of pursue your sound now, if that means working out some other people's stuff along the way, hmm. then that's absolutely cool. But too many people get one technique and do the same thing with it. Yeah. And there's many, yeah. many yeah. ways to skin a cat. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they get the tapping thing, they literally have like a four-note pattern. Yeah. And they tap a note. So I'm tapping at the 12. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm 
tapping up the 12, leaving the little finger on the 8th fret of the top string. So top string, all this is, all on the top string. Then I'm pulling off to the 5th. 12, 8, 5. And then hammering the 8 back on. So this is the, the classic tapping the... Okay. Now, if you want to eliminate any of that nasty noise... Background noise. That's yeah. right. You need to kind of lie along the bass string. So, put yeah. your palm over the bass strings. There yep. you go. And it's then you get bad. radio silence. Now, in terms of where you put the pick, it's entirely up to you. You can do sort of what you're doing there, where you sort of hide it sort of behind a finger. Yep. I often hold it in my first finger and thumb as normal, so that my picking hand is ready to go. Yep. And then use my second finger. If I'm doing something that requires more fingers for tapping, okay, it's it's a bit filthy and disgusting, but I might put it in my mouth. Yeah. Not in it, in it, obviously, but like, hold yeah. it between your lips. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe if you're one of those flash guys who had all your picks up a little mic stand pick holder, you might toss your red bear into the audience and just grab another one. <laughs> <30 quid laughs> no, right. What the hell? I would have to be no. earning a lot of money to do that. Yeah. I'll buy some cheap and nasty Harley Benton picks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Save that for later in the right. gig. You need to make your fingers available in some way, shape, or form for tapping. Yeah. So this is debunking number one. Okay. When you tap, you need, just as you would, if you think, if you were playing a scale, your fingers which are on the strings... They're going to mute everything above the string you're playing, yep. ideally. So if you're playing a scale, the, the strings above what you're playing, so if you're on the D string and you're playing on the D, what's going on with the G, E and B on the top three strings, that should be pretty much muted out by your fretting hand. But yep. what they leave behind is these bass notes, which... Yeah will resonate in sympathy if you're not careful. The same applies when you tap. Yep. So by lying across the neck and eliminating those those bass notes which are left behind if you're tapping on the high strings, then that then takes all of that noise away so those strings don't ring. As you work your way down the neck, so say we did the same lick on the lower strings... The fretting hand is now lying across the strings, muting out the A, D, G, B, and E, which is above it. Yep. So if you are tapping and you are getting noise, it's because you are not muting effectively. Yeah. If you want to really mute effectively, I thoroughly recommend these things called fret wraps. I yeah. have them on some of my guitars, not on all my guitars, but on the guitars that I, I tend to play maybe more... Technical stuff. Yeah, I, I tend to use them. more if I was in the studio and I wanted a really clean take, even if I was playing funk or something. Yep. These little fret wraps, they're a neat little thing. They have like a toweling kind of underside which sits on the strings and then you can adjust it for the, for the neck. You can even get different sizes, I understand. And you can adjust it at the back so that you slide it back over the nut and you're not using it. Not so yeah. good if you've got a locking top nut. That's the only thing. But if you haven't, it works well. And then just slide it up onto the neck when you want it to mute yeah. everything out. And that really makes for a, t a pretty tidy sound. 
Yep. It's very good if you're doing eight finger tapping with the octa digital stuff. Okay. So there's some of the basics. So okay. that's, that's one of the muting things. That's debunking it number one in terms of like how you keep the guitar real nice and clean. The other thing too is the finger you choose to tap with. It does not have to be the first finger. I frequently do a lot of my taps using the second. It's actually quite good practice if you can to get used to using a couple of different ones. The advantage of using that second finger, as I mentioned earlier, it can leave the picking hand free to hold the pick between the thumb and the first. While you tap happily. Then if you need to go back to anything else which requires a pick, you don't have any delay in getting that pick back where you want it. Right, okay. Okay. Okay, good stuff. Okay. So let's look at adding something to something. Yep. Now, when we talk about improvisation, I know we said this before, I've drawn your attention to Carl Verheyen's statement. It's yeah. a very good statement where he said that even the best musicians, we know this one well, the best musicians are only improvising at their best for maybe 30% of the night. We're talking the world's best jazz musicians and stuff who are world class. Yeah the best of the best are probably improvising on a good night 30% of the time Hmm. when they get a chance to play and improvise. Now, that being the case, what about the other 70%? And as he said, it's about thinking of things first, planning things first, trying different things, little licks that work. Yeah. Because if you just turn up to a gig, now, would you turn up to a gig without a set list? Oh, no. New, I know some or a, people who or, or a guitar. <laughs> would you yeah. turn up? You know, would you turn up to a gig without some spare strings? Yeah, no. You've got to be, pl- you've got to be played. Yeah. Are you mental? <laughs> you lost it, really? <laughs> of course you wouldn't, because it requires a bit of preparation, a little bit of of something to fall back on, just in case the worst should happen. And when you play, it's no different. If you go yeah. on stage with not a clue. Yeah. You'll be in trouble if it all goes pear-shaped. I had a gig at the weekend. I don't gig with these guys very often. And while I didn't go through every song, what I did do was make sure that the things that I wanted to get in the set that I knew were challenging and that I might forget, I ran through first. Yeah. Now, the same is true when you're improvising. You need to come up with a lick. So if you're improvising a lick or playing a blues lick that you're used to, we need to be able to maybe extend that lick. So can you come up with a lick in the key of A... Which we could maybe add a tap to. Don't we're add a, a tap to it. We're going to do that for you. We're in A Dorian, are we? Yeah, kind of. The first half of this tune is essentially bluesy. So it's minor pentatonic, blues, Dorian. That all works. The second half of the tune goes into sort of A minor, A natural minor. Okay, so I started something there, and actually I wanted to make it more interesting. So maybe a slightly lower slide. I don't know if I played this. Again. Yeah. Okay. 
So, we've got that lick. So that's yeah. quite a nice little melodic figure in itself. Yeah. So you could sort of hold on to that melodic figure and extend it using the same sort of rhythm. Yeah. But in terms of getting a tap into it, it's quite a rigid, almost melodic sort of line. Yeah. There's not a lot of room. For a, for the tap, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could probably sort of shoe on it in there if you wanted to. Could you do it by extending it? So you have that melody and then you... Or something like that. Too. Yeah. So you could borrow from the rhythm. Yeah. Now, this is actually quite a good learning point for when it comes to composing things and to actually playing a solo. You've got the sort of daddy, daddy, da. Daddy, daddy, da kind yeah. of rhythm. Yeah. So you could actually start with the one and then add to it. Yeah. So you could start gotcha. with the one rhythm, play different notes, but add to that rhythm. So all I've done here, now this is another sort of thing which people don't always do, but they could actually do. There's a very interesting little kind of bit of him, was it like an interview or something with a guy called Vito Bratta. Vito Bratta's like one of the best rock guitar players that no one's ever heard of. Hmm. Vito Bratta used to be in a band called White Lion. White line, yeah, I've come across typical it. kind of spandex, big hair, poodle perm metal outfit. And they were all right. They had some songs that had a little bit of chart success. But I mean, yeah, either way, they were quite a good, good band. But I don't know, the songs were all right. But the one thing that they had going for them was a very unusual and individual guitar player called Vito Bratta. And his take on tapping was really, really unusual and ahead of its time. And when you hear his solos, they're really melodic and really interesting. Yeah, he's sort of the best thing the band had going for it. And I think he, I'm not sure if he gave up playing, but he certainly totally went off the scene. But the way he looked at it, which is a really interesting way of looking at it, was he said, tapping, he said, basically, if there's a note I can't get to with my fretting hand, I'm going to use a finger from the other hand to hit the note that I want. Yeah. Which gets us away from the sort of typical, you know, tapping thing. So one thing which, again, this this will help with the debunking process. We will get on to playing with the backing track in a moment. Yeah. When we think of the tapping thing, often people don't know where to tap. Of course, when you think about it logically... 
if you know your keys and where your shapes are and where your your different sort of notes within the key are, those are all the notes you can tap. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So that then opens things right up. So you don't have to tap something really close to or several frets away. You know, you can if you want. You can tap something that's like right next door to the note you want. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're on F sharp, you can tap the G. Yep. If that gets you the sound Mm. that you want, you know, you can do that. Yep. You can tap from far away. So you can, you know, you could even be an octave or more apart. That works. It doesn't matter as long as you're tapping the correct notes that are going to work in the key. Yeah, okay. So what I want you to do is maybe consider this. Rather than consider actual tapping licks, let's start with that as a premise that we're going to use tapping as a way to extend what we already know. Yeah, okay. So we've got our notes. Yeah. We're going to use the tapping to extend what we've got so we can get to higher registers or get to notes that would not otherwise be possible. If I give a basic example, and then yeah, yeah, okay. we're just going to pick out notes to tap. So we're not going to do long tapping phrases, nothing complex. Okay. We're just going to use that right hand to stick in the tapped note. Okay, which you sure you cannot so. otherwise reach. Brilliant. Here we go. same place okay remember about you muting and everything let's see how we go ready at the edges but that's yeah. okay yeah what i noticed was that it was a far more musical way yeah of using it the thing is if you want to go blasting yeah and want to go blasting accurately yeah you're talking about you've got to really, do it slow first <laughs> yeah and you're talking about really upscaling that technique quite a long way yeah, You know, you can use elements of the more technical areas of guitar, such as tapping, or what are seen as the more technical elements, but use them in a very, very musical way Yeah, without necessarily getting too deeply entrenched in the mechanics of it quite so much. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I felt that where you were targeting specific notes, and actually in the end you did quite a nice little pattern there. That was nice. Quite liked that. That was good. Yeah. It was much more musical. 
Yeah, thanks. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you follow? I think that. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think maybe it is sometimes just allowing. What was it that that guy said uh, in, <laughs> at the end of a massive course? He said something like, "Now you've learned the notes and how to play the notes. Now you have to learn the spaces." And and I think I, I am trying to do that a bit more and like slow it down and be melodic. Us so. guitarists are the world's worst. I mean, I'm sure if I listen back to some, if there are ever tapes of me playing, I'm I'm sure I would think, "Are you going to breathe, son?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we are the world's worst for sort of blasting synchronicity yeah. over the top. When it comes to making tapping sound really interesting, you know, you can chuck unusual notes in there. That's something you can do that sometimes people don't do. They keep it kind of straight. One thing that Marty Friedman came out with, which was kind of you know quite an interesting thing, was he said that he you know he doesn't really over intellectualize his playing. But I mean, I, I love Marty Friedman's playing. It's 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 just great. It's of just, Megadeth, I, yeah. He used to be a Megadeth, and I mean, the, the solo mm. from Tornado of Souls is just one of my top five solos of all time. It's just wonderful. It's an absolute gem on a fantastic album, as is mm. the Rust in Peace album. But the, the Tornado of Souls solo, it's just got so much good stuff in it. And when you look at the tab, it's really, you know, it's pretty unusual what's going on. He's bending from funny places. There's some sweeping phrases in there. Mm. Some really nasty stretches. But he said in interview, you know, he, he said, I take the norm, like a normal sweeping lick or a normal kind of, you know, lick that you'd play. Yeah. And he said, I, I basically muck it up. I screw around with it. Yeah. I'm kind of like, so it's no longer normal. So it's got something else going on because he said otherwise it's a little on the straight side. He's a very rhythmically interesting, like he plays just before the beat and stuff. He's pretty interesting that way. He's yeah. very interesting from a note point of view. Mm. He's very into his sort of Japanese culture and he's married to a Japanese lady. He's always been yeah. into his Japanese scales and things. So he comes out with some quite unusual notes. Yeah. Yeah, you listen. I, I actually played a guy who's really into bluesy stuff, the Tornado of Soul solo, and he said you just wouldn't expect that on that song, on that album. It's a guitar masterpiece. It's yeah. an absolute masterpiece of a solo. It's up there with Bohemian Rhapsody and that sort of stuff. What a fantastic bit of playing. Great. You know. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's that kind of like take something and, and do your own thing with it, you know. How yeah. do you think Eddie Van Halen got his signature sort of sound and stuff was by by maybe sort of taking the norm and questioning whether that's that's the way to go with it. People might have been tapping before and you know trying that sort of technique, but it was Eddie Van Halen who took it to the next level and really gave guitar electric guitar a shot mm. in the arm when it was dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. You know, a shot in the arm that lasted all the way through the 80s. <laughs> Possibly so. to the modern day and beyond. Right. Yeah. So when we're so, tapping, if we think of it that way, if we have that perception that this is just a way of accessing notes that we couldn't otherwise access, you can end up playing stuff that people wouldn't think of playing. You know, if you want to do your tapping licks, that's cool as well. Probably one of the big deals to remember if you're doing a fairly standard tapping lick is to get the rhythm right. So remember, when you add a note in, you're probably going to hammer on that note again. So you might pull off that note and hammer it on. Mm. So you're not adding one to the rhythm, you're adding two yeah. to the rhythm. 
So if you tap on the 12, then pull off from the 8 to the 5 and hammer the 8 back on, you've got a 4. One, two, Yeah. If you add the 7 in between the 8 and the 5. What 5? Got 8. Oh, 8. 6, sorry. You got 6. Apologies. You got 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, technique motor. <laughs> So if you then added an open string as well, for example, so your open E, so tapping on the 12, yeah. then 8, 7, 5, open E. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You're doing 8, yeah. Well, it's all her fingers and thumbs for me at the moment there at that one. <laughs> so that's it, an interesting thing to practice. So yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting concept as well that if you're adding in one extra note, you're adding you're actually, two. Actually, adding yeah. in two if you're going to play it that way. Yeah. You could use those open strings. That'd be cool. <laughs> Let's see if I can work out what you were doing there. Something like... And then... another there's another um thing to practice uh which isn't you know too difficult in terms of like the shapes and the notes and you can no. see the major scale in there and yeah so that's yeah. a really good little little exercise kind of thank a bit you dorian mixed with the blues and into uh, the major well not major minor i guess it okay, would be yeah, yeah kind of yeah so when you're putting in a tapping lick like that you know yes you do need to sort of be aware of of, of how it, each lick rounds just like a sweep. Mm. We will get onto the sweeps in a bit. So how a lick rounds. Does it round evenly with threes? Does it round evenly with eight or four or whatever it may be? Any any chance of hearing that over over the track? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Hang on then. Cheers, Dan. Sorry. That's right. No, I'm joking. I jest. How, what's the tempo? It's possible. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
went over it pretty well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. I mean, it's a fairly yeah. medium pace, really. It's not really gunning no. for it. If I was thinking of a tapping lick, which was hell-bent, you know, and going crazy, I'd probably be putting in a couple Keep of it. taps on each string. I'd probably be... Keep it as symmetrical as you can. Kind of pentatonic-y, you know. Because you don't have to tap in one place. So you can yeah. tap several notes. On one so string. With your left hand, you're playing quite your economical, yeah. Yeah. And with your right hand, you're playing like a more of a kind of major E minor scale type thing. Yeah, so Three like, per string. here I'm really playing the pentatonic, the fourth position of the pentatonic in the key of A. Starting at the 12th fret of the... E string or A string, depending on how you want to look at it. And then yeah. up here on the dusty end, I'm playing a kind of a Dorian sort of figure between the 20th and the 17th. Which so, is the fifth row there. So 20, yeah. 19, 17, on say the top two or three. If I want to put the blues note in. And then middle two strings. 19, 17, 16. And then 19, 17, 15. Just try again. Right. If I put extra notes, like from the Dorian mode, on my pressing hand, then you get, you know, an absolute cascade of stuff going on. Do you know what I mean? So three notes per string with both hands. Inter- interestingly, when you get to the A string, of course, it, they kind of meet, so you reduce the number of notes. Yeah, I mean, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. So the watchword is with this when you when you're adding a tapping lick in, start small. Yeah. Now you know as well as I do, and you actually did this in your first example of playing. Whatever you do with your fretting hand, clearly because it's going to wobble a string if you vibrato, or it's going to raise the pitch if you bend a note. It's going to be echoed in your tap. Yeah. So if you tap. Yeah. Now bend. That tap yeah. note's going to go up with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can, if you've got, say, bending is your thing. Maybe you're a kind of a bluesy rock player. Yeah. And you're really great at your bending because bending and vibrato, that's where you live, man. But you want to add in a little bit of tapity tap tap. Maybe you've got the bending really down. Yeah. So you, you're quite good at your, your Steve Luca the style bending lick. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
whatever it is. Yeah. You can then echo that. With your right hand, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yes, you can, <laughs> sir. So your tapping hand. So you're just kind of choosing one note, really, further. Yeah. Um, a couple of... I played the 15, I tapped the 20, and then I pushed the note up. Another little bit of the debunking process. Yeah. Something that people sometimes don't learn till later on. You don't have to do one hand or the other first. Yeah. So you're still going to generate a note. If you tap, I would severely advise, especially when you're up the top, yeah. Try and get that same finesse of feel yeah. with your tapping that you get with your fretting. Yeah. You know when you're fretting a note and you've done your time woodshedding, you don't have to press that note particularly hard to mm. exercise quite a bit of pressure on it. Yeah. You look at a beginner and they're kind of like straining at the bit, you know, and they're doing all kinds of toilet faces trying to hold this yeah, note yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you want a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll leave one at the end of this solo. <laughs> and then, like, when you've been playing a while, you know, you, you don't think about it. You exert just the right amount of pressure. And you don't think about it. You yeah. don't think about squeezing the life out of the note. You don't have to. You've got that technique down. But when you're tapping, try and get that same level of precision. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't tap hard enough. Distortion and overdrive add their own compression, as we know. And compression is always trying to push our volume up to the same level, regardless. Yeah. That's why when we're using an overdrive, when our volume's wound down, we don't actually lose much volume, but we lose gain. Yeah. Whereas with clean sound, it's a much more uncompressed tone, unless we're going to use a compressor with it, usually. So our volume can roll back and the sound drops accordingly. Now, when we're using our hands to tap notes out, obviously that's not as strong a signal going through the pickups and to the amp. Mm. So when you pluck a note. Yeah. So we have to make it strong. You have to hit hard. Harder is good, especially if you're going to practice some things with a clean sound. Now, okay, mm. if you recorded it or you, you wanted to pour, perform it live, you know, you might well sort of mute the strings on your neck, maybe using sort of little device yeah. like I've got here, the fret wrap, and you might use a compressor so you get minimum noise and the notes pop out of your guitar. But actually being able to generate nice, clean, clear notes with a less distorted sound or with a clean sound without using a compressor is a bit like running with weights on. Mm. You're going to have to be quite precise. You're going to have to hit the note reasonably hard but try and develop that sense like you do with your fretting hand that you don't need to hit it overly hard once yeah. you've got the technique right. It's about yeah. you know, your approach to the string to get that note to really kind of pop out of the string rather than be dragged off the fretboard kicking and screaming yeah. if you follow. Yeah, I do, yeah. 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 So we could do lots of interesting things with tapping. Over to you, Gary. <laughs> Ah. 
thing before we move on to sweeping i did notice and it could be nerves your first yeah. time you went for a tap you were sort of trying to wiggle the tapped note with your tapping hand your, yeah. your right hand it's much easier although it's very tempting it's much easier to actually sort of let the vibrato the right from the hand. left hand come through and so rather than like can sound quite you know uncontrolled yeah okay you know i'm sure there are some people who use it to great effect and it's probably something you could actually work on maybe as your own little technique. Yeah. But you might find for, certainly to begin with, the regular way of sort of vibrato. <laughs> using the, the sort of left hand and letting that come out in the right hand tap. So if you're, if you're a little bit smoother. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And something I was mentioning earlier was about actually don't be afraid to use the tapping finger first. Yeah. Again, you're going to need that nice, firm clarity of tap. Yeah. So if you're coming off a line, for example... You can always tap onto the next string before you even put your left yeah. hand on <laughs> nice but you get the you get the idea because for some things you may need to tap out of nowhere if you were doing a sort of arpeggio kind of thing so you might need to actually tap out of nowhere yeah Okay, gotcha. Okay, that's an extreme example. Not really a beginner's example, but you, you get the idea. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good example as well. Yeah. So, so sometimes okay. what I do is I not always go straight up and Sorry. straight down it. You know. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Absolute awesome. sod, that is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool, though. It's a bit of a Guthrieism, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. But being able to tap out of nowhere is useful technique. Yeah, okay. So let's look at sweepity sweep, sweep, sweeping. Do you have a broom? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to get one. Dust my broom. <laughs> my broom. Well, come on, bro. So how are we gonna how are we gonna do this? If I was sort of appealing to maybe people that are just starting out with sweeping, I'd say you know maybe look at the three note sweeps. Yeah, okay. Now if you if you're familiar with the cage system, you'll be familiar with the idea of implying open chords in a number of different places. Yeah. So you don't have to know the cage system, but it kind of I probably might help in this scenario. So if you are looking to add some three string sweeps, there's an easy one right there. A minor seven. Gotcha. G. All these are going to be on the G, B, and top E. We're going to go 14, 13, 12 on the top three strings. And the idea is that the string breaks through all three strings in one smooth movement. Offering just enough resistance to let you know that you're entering onto a new string. And then we're going to hit the top note with a hammer-on upstroke. Okay. Now, if you want a kind of neat little phrase, you can do it where the same phrase is always there, but the top note keeps dropping. Oh, yeah. So you go 15, 14, 13, 12. Like that, so... It's alright, isn't it? You take it up to the B minor. So yeah, on the B minor yeah. I went between the 17, the A, and the 15, the G to make yeah, it more music. Like the Dorian. Mm, nice. And you can play them in different places because we're we're playing in kind of like the Dorian mode. You know, the E minor would also be fair game down on the nine, nine, eight, and seven on the same three. <laughs> So I'm going to play a couple of blues licks to give you an idea. I'm just going to slip this in with it. Okay. Yeah. Start on the 
got it in there. Should aim for the B note as well, really. B minor too. Yeah. Sounded like it were, though. That's Absolutely. Just about, yeah. Now, if you want to then make that a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more shreddy, you could go up the A minor and come down the C. Brilliant. Tune in, tone up, sponsored by Kellogg's. That's it. <laughs> shreddy <wee>. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh. So, so you go up the A minor as you did before, hit the 15, go 15, 13 on the B12. G. So we come down like a C chord. Like that. And then just take it two frets higher to the B minor. So that's. Uh, up A minor, down C, and then up B minor, down D. Oh yeah. How easy is that? Helps you see the uh, majors and minors in your in your scale, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's great. So let's use this little lick. Here we go. Okay. Good nugget that is. So six chords, six chords. So we're going to start with, basically, we start with extending what we had. So we start with, instead of like a minor shape, we're in a similar thing. Remember that C we had? Yep. Now we're going to play it like a whole C. So we go from the 15 to 12, as we did before. Yep. 13, as we did before. 
then 12, and then finish on the 14. Got it. So we've added a 14 on the D. tapping when we yes. had when we had the first one it's like sort of threes or like sixes uh, one two yeah. three one two three yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah fast triplets but triplets yeah but this is like an a thirty second notes I guess so they, one two three four five six seven eight yeah. Uh, now, okay, if you're feeling okay. your sweet picking is a little bit, maybe the guitar sounds a little unforgiving. Yes. Or it's yeah. Not, um, yes. Or it's not kind of flowing like you want to. Play slow, maybe first. Well, that's some of it. Up. Certainly, some of it technique yeah. will, will assist in this way. But also the pickup choice you use. All right, Most okay. guitarists, including myself, Ooh. when we go for sweet picking, we tend to choose the neck pickup. Okay. Just because, Did you know, spot that little... Uh, I can play there. it on the bridge. <laughs> this done. is the difference. I'll play it on the bridge. It's all right. It still sounds all right, yeah. <laughs> now let's try it on the neck. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah, it's yeah. Much, much slicker. Yeah, it so sounds much better. Go for yeah. the sweep, it's a good one to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So cool. the other one I did was a little minor seven arpeggio. Yeah. So we take the normal, typical A minor seven, A minor, sorry, sweep. <laughs> So we start on the 12th 12. fret of the A. Yep. So we go t- from bottom to top, we go 12, 10, 9, 10, 8, 12. 12, 10, 9, 10, 8, 12. But what we do is we add in an extra note on the yeah. bottom, which is the G, yeah, yeah, on the 10th yeah. fret, to make it round as an A cool. minus 7. Did you start on the 10th, did you? Yeah. Everything else is the same. Okay. So this is a game, as we were briefly talking about before, something to note, just like with the tapping. Yeah. If you're going to put in a sweep and it feels or sounds clunky, Yeah. apart from working on your technique and using the neck pickup, 
Make sure it's rounding properly. Remember, sevens, fives, nines, unless you're playing over something <laughs> in an old time signature, are unlikely to feel yeah. the round of the fingers. It's yeah. likely to feel like you're landing in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. Because probably from a point of view of smoothness, you actually, you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're rending on the wrong pick stroke. So having something that rounds nicely in eights there by adding in a new note works for me. <laughs> Okay. What you yeah. can also do, and this is a bit of a cheeky trick, is you can go up, and it's a little bit easier actually than a straight sweep, but it sounds really impressive, is going up in a sweep, a sort of swept arpeggio, in bits. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it kind of sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Almost sounds more impressive than vroom, vroom, yeah. which is what a sweep sounds yeah. like. Now, yeah. as I was saying to a guy yesterday, the logical thing with these sweeps is try and take it maybe through the rest of the scale, do a bit of investigative work. Yeah. So that maybe you could do the whole scale almost like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. you've got A minor. <laughs> Yeah. E. So that'd be A minor, yes. Yeah, so B diminished. C major 7, maybe. D minor 7. That works pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a cheeky one. That is a cheeky one. You've that's just gone from uh, you, you've <laughs> gone up the fretboard there. <laughs> Great. So that one is time down. My hands do weird things. Yes, yes. Yeah, the A minor pentatonic all the way it's, up. It's there. A minor, it's a minor, minor, minor arpeggio. arpeggio. But I sort of went underneath. I, I went that far. So went as far as a fifteen, and then I swapped hands, going seventeen twenty. 
that's a great bit of fretboard mechanics because you're seeing the notes all the way up the fretboard then aren't you all the way from right down this end down the bassy end up to the dusty end great so i mean in terms of sort of how useful all this stuff will be in in terms of of getting into your playing if you're just entering the fray with the sweet picking try the sort of three note ones you know the ones on the top three strings the yeah because you can tie that into a really nice blues lick. Yeah. Well, I say you're playing a, a bluesy theme. Yeah. See what I mean? Without necessarily going all shred fest on it. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. But by the same, but by the same token, if you want to go absolutely crazy <laughs> yeah it's all there you know what's coming next I and mean, when we were doing hotel california that's got me into the sweep thing i wanted to do a slightly bonkers sweep and that's what got me onto doing some of these shapes because i thought well can i sweep all the chords you know from b minor f sharp seven a to e or we could do an e seven g d minor F sharp seven. We were playing that in the weekend and I thought, could I could I do that? Would it be possible? So it's B minor to F sharp seven to A to E to G Sweeping in isolation, it was something like this. Sounds great. But yeah, you here's could... an idea for you. Oh, <laughs> I just had it while you were playing that. Right. What about if the second? What, what about if you? What would it sound like if the second time round you sub- substituted the arpeggios? Like so, instead of B minor, you'd play like a a major seven off the third, and then you'd do each one off the third. So it would be either minor or major seven off the third. It it would probably work. It would sound really weird. So, you, yeah, that might be a bit weird with the G over the B. So, you'd have a... So, that'd be... Oh, so, you're like, oh, so, you'd be like D. so, that'd be a D major 7, yeah. And then it would go down to the... Which would be... Maybe a minor. Or you can even uh, do it in Yeah, yeah. So, so it was... substitution. It all sort of started <laughs> off with a three-note arpeggios which sometimes I do add a lot of other stuff sounds great 
<laughs> sure, our listeners are going to love this. And after that, <laughs> yeah. I thought they'd be doing longer streaks, you know. Brilliant. Absolutely awesome. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you very much. No problem. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.